Episode 77 of Keep the Kayfabe. I'm Mike, sitting here with my boys, ready to talk some wrestling. We had a doozy of a AEW pay-per-view this last Sunday. AEW Revolution lived up to the hype. It was pretty awesome. If you caught our prediction show last week, we uh, locked in our picks. This week, we're going to run down the card, see who picked correctly, and who was an utter failure. And it's going to be a lot of fun, because this was... A really great show. I can't wait to talk about it with the boys. Uh, but before we get in to see who the new King Booker is and who everybody picked, let's introduce everybody real quick. Over in Glendale, somebody who keeps it regal. And now, he's uh, that rings more true than ever now. I can't wait to talk to my guy, Steve Grobschmidt. How are you, Grabby? Gentlemen, welcome to War Games. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it, baby. Bring it back. Yes. Yeah, we're, we're definitely going to touch on uh, the newly signed AEW um, mega superstar. I mean, <laughs> That's how I feel. Spo- spoilers. I mean, William Regal is on AEW, ladies and gentlemen. We're, we're going to get there. Uh, but, man, it's so, so exciting. So let's get to the other guys real quick. Down in Bayview is my dude who keeps it freshly squeezed, Mr. Matt Michelson. How are you, Matt? He's a man, a real man's man. <laughs> I don't nice. even know that era of Steven Regal. I just know the song from like the WWF old school music album yeah. on Spotify. I wasn't watching, but I kind of remember beginning. You know, I was a I was a huge Regal fan from the beginning, but so I paid slight attention when he shifted over. But yeah, they were, it was corny as shit, of course. But For those he, of our listeners, he made who- it work. Yeah, and for those of our listeners who dig uh, old school entrance themes, you should go back and listen to the episode called Hit My Music. It's it's a classic. Right. Yeah, and I hear we're going to have a Hit My Music Part 2 game coming up in the pipeline here pretty soon, right, Matt? That That is absolutely true. For you longtime listeners out there who may have heard the original Hit My Music episode, there's another one coming. Just when you thought we had gone through all the entrance music, there's always more, so stay tuned for either the next episode or maybe the one after that. We'll see, but just keep listening. It's coming. Awesome. I'm excited. That's pretty much the only game I'm good at here on Keep the Kayfabe. Uh, just when we run down the picks, you'll see. But before we get into them, let's talk to my my good friend down in Bayview also. Oh, my God! It's Charlie Michael. What up, bro? How much? Whose house? Whose house? Swerve's, Swerve's house. <laughs> Come on. Did you just watch the show last night or what? Jesus. You know, I, I swear I had the volume turned up when I was watching it, and I still couldn't. I could not hear what the crowd was saying when he was saying, whose house? I'm like, what the hell is he talking about? Well, it was it, there was a little hint on, uh, on Tony Schiavone's clipboard that said Swerve in really big letters. <laughs> Did it? Yeah, totally. Yeah, oh, yeah, you said you caught you it. Yeah, spoiled it. it. So I thought it was going to be Paige Van Zandt because they had hyped that up. She was going to sign a contract. Mm. 
What's the point if she can't wrestle Brandy? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> God. It will forever live in infamy. Though like the the worst segment in AEW history. That was the worst segment in history in their history. There's no way. I was just thinking that today. There's no way they can go back and not get booed when they return. They're just they're screwed. They have to stay off TV for a while. Even if they sign back, it's going to be six. They can't go on AEW TV for a long time. Especially, I mean, Brandy's irredeemable. Uh, yep. To Cody would have to do a lot of work. Yep. She's the shock master of 2022. <laughs> Dude, I was just about to say. Except he could call go. there, Matt. <laughs> yeah. I actually read something today, too, that DDP had, because he's promoting a new show on Netflix that he's in. It's called, like, The Injustice Squad. Or, yeah, yeah. yeah I, it sounds like it might be interesting. Yeah, I might, I might look into it. But um, yeah. he he's like, Cody called me uh, two days before he said anything, and he said it had nothing to do with the money. He just wants to do different things. And he had to call me first before anything and i'm like i don't really buy this ddp i think i love ddp but he, i love ddp but he's always selling mm-hmm. dude mm-hmm. i know you guys are saying i know you guys like him but that fucker is the biggest con man <laughs> I've, I've, he is never he, off yeah he's beat he's pt burnham dude <laughs> exactly <laughs> he is pt burnham dude same shameless self-promoter as he calls he's himself always in his selling something dude <laughs> Two of us were DDP yoga guys, and he even calls himself that in a couple of the workouts. <laughs> right. Yeah, it was fun. Anyway, we got a lot to get to. We got a big, big pay-per-view to run down. So let's run down the picks. Uh, let's run down the matches real quick and not waste any more time because I know all the listeners are ready to see who is King Booker. So King Booker right now is Matt Michelson, and we're all gunning for him. Uh, and to get King Booker, you have to book the pay-per-view the best by picking the right matches, the right winners, the right stipulations, if you didn't catch last week's episode. So, here's how it went. The AEW Revolution pay-per-view started off with Eddie Kingston versus Chris Jericho. We were all in agreement that Eddie Kingston would win this match. I actually used my kickout, which is a mulligan uh, for short, we call it a kickout. I went with Chris Jericho, but I was like, this is going to be Eddie's time to finally get a big win on a big pay-per-view. And I'm so happy I kicked out of my pick with Chris Jericho. Decided to go with Eddie uh, because Eddie ended up winning. And it was a great match. I didn't actually get to see this because I was working the Admirals game. So I got in a little late to the action. But I heard it was amazing. Can anybody talk about it real quick for me? Yeah. I didn't I, even see I... any highlights. Dude, I freaking loved this match. And maybe it was just because it was the first match of the pay-per-view, and I usually am pretty hyped going into it. But, yeah, everything about it was great. I feel like Eddie Kingston, he always brings out the best in everybody he wrestles. And I think it's because he goes in just with so much intensity, and he definitely did in this match. Jericho um, was definitely pushed to work hard. Um, Mike, I know you missed the match. For any of our listeners who didn't catch the very beginning of it, the very first move was a suplex where Eddie Kingston basically planted Jericho on the top of his head. And it just kind of set the tone for the rest of the match as being like, we're just not going to give any shits. We're going to go all out on this. And they certainly did. Um, The end of the match was Eddie Kingston wrenching Jericho's arm back around his leg and actually getting Jericho to tap out, which I, like, like we said on the prediction show, we all called Eddie Kingston winning this. I didn't see that being the finish necessarily. Um, 
it's not every time we see a submission. So I think that definitely spoke volumes that Eddie Kingston was able to get Jericho to tap. Nice. Yeah, I don't really see Eddie Kingston as like a submission specialist, more of a grappler and brawler. So mm-hmm. that's cool. Awesome. Anybody have anything else to add before we move on? I think uh, Chris Jericho's chest told the tale. I mean, those dudes were hitting hard. And then Jerry, and it was just, yeah, I mean, you could tell. I mean, they're both pros, obviously. But, man, they were not, they were laying it in snug, as they say. And, no, it was great. It was great to see uh, the crowd just, I mean, I was kind of chuckling because I'm not a, I'm not a judgmental person. I, th- I think wrestling's at its best when people of all different body types. But when you look at Eddie Kingston, he is not he is not gifted with a good physique at all. And to just see a guy at that point in his career so over because he's so passionate and great promo, it's that's pretty cool. I mean, Definitely. WWE would scoff at a guy like that because he, because of how he looks, and and he's oh. he's just made it. You know, they found a place that believes in him. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. They probably wouldn't even let him drive a truck in WWE. <laughs> also, I love they, Eddie they, Kingston's they expressions, expressions during a match. He almost acts like one of the three stooges. Uh, like, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just like the facial expressions he'll make at the camera just make you laugh. But then at the, in a split second, he'll go back to this intensity. It's just, it's too fun to watch. Right. No, I heard you, 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 Charlie, when they, when NXT wanted Eddie Kingston to be a coach for some people to do promos. Yeah, uh, and he was like, "No, I'll turn him down." He's like, "I'm a wrestler." I and what he does, yeah. he's smart. I mean, what he does can't really be taught. I think he would get way frustrated. Way he'd probably be miserable there. Yep. Oh yeah, definitely. He's a guy that he can't be on a leash. He can't be like put in a box and conform to some set of rules. What you can and can't say. He's totally off the cuff and from the heart. So. Yep, and looks like he's doing pretty well, getting his first pay-per-view win. And that was our first win on the board for all of us. We were in unanimous decision that Eddie would win, so we're all on the board with that. Uh, Moving on to match number two, it was the triple threat um, tag team match for the tag team championship, Jurassic Express versus the Young Bucks and Red Dragon. We all thought the Young Bucks would be the team that would win the Casino Battle Royale, which was really awesome. I I never had that. Oh, you mean oh the casino you know, right yeah. match? Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, to, yeah, get, yeah. to get in. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Sorry, yeah. Sorry about that. So, yeah, yeah that was a uh, Wednesday before we recorded. Um, yeah, uh, the, the episode on Tuesday. So we all thought the Young Bucks were going to be that third team because at the time we didn't know. Uh, so in that match on Dynamite, the Casino Battle Royale, that was pretty pretty good. It was really entertaining. Yeah, it was a good match. Yep. Mm-hmm. Good to I see Airwolf uh, back in the mix. Oh, Top yeah. Flight in. That was great. Darius Martin, had, I mean, talk about having a big debut return. Yeah, they, did, they did him pretty well. Right. And we all thought the Jurassic Express would win. Actually, Matt used his kick out in this match. He had Red Dragon initially. He smartly kicked out and went with the Jurassic Express. And Jurassic Express ended up retaining the belts. And again, I wasn't able to see this match either, but I saw some of the highlights. It looked like it was spot after spot after spot. Oh, it was great. So, yeah, Steve, if you want to lead us off. Yeah, no, it was, I mean, it was what you expect from three great teams. And actually, I should say two all-time great teams and one emerging team. But, I mean, I think to their credit, the champs hung in there. They didn't look like they they were great. Yeah, they didn't look like they were, like, you know, out of their league by any means. I think this was... It was, yeah, it's awesome. And they don't, I think there's a reason we picked 
um, Jurassic Express because the other two, there's plenty of story there without the belts being involved. And I think that's, mm-hmm. that, that's going to play out over time. And uh, I think, yeah, Jurassic Express needs the belt more than those dudes do right now. And yeah, it was great. I mean, I can't, I don't, after a while, there's so much good about it. I don't even know what to highlight, but it's just crisp and like just the counter, counter, counter. I mean, yeah, those teams, it's like they were just all on the same page and it was awesome. And I, uh, yeah, I actually saw CBS sports lines reviews this uh, morning and they gave it a B and I'm like, what were they smoking? Like yeah. that's the worst wow. take on a man. Not I mean, smoking. They were like, oh, it just was nothing special, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. <laughs> It was great. I I agree with you, Steve. This was a fantastic match. Um, I actually forgot I used my kick out last week. And so when I was watching this live and I saw uh, Jurassic Express win the match, I was actually really disappointed at the time. But then about 20 seconds ago, Mike reminded me that I kicked out. So, all right. Awesome. Um, Yeah. Nothing really to add to what Steve said. Fantastic match. Really happy to see Jurassic Express retain on the night. It totally made sense too. Um, And they feel like a bigger deal now because of it, which is perfect. It's great booking. Yeah. And totally. And yeah, Steve, to your point before uh, young bucks, red dragon, they can tell a lot of story without the belts. And there's so many tag teams as we saw in the casino battle Royale and just, tons of teams that could chase Jurassic Express and Jurassic Express can go up against any anybody shape or form and wrestle them any which way so I'm excited to see how they can expand on their um, tag team run there Charlie did you have anything to add on this one ah nope you guys kind of said it all it was a good match I thought it was one of the better matches on the card nice you know one quick thing one quick thing I, I love I don't know I love how they book luchasaurus it's like he's like a video game like you know when you unlock like a special character like he comes Mm -hmm. in and he's almost unstoppable but they don't overdo it they don't overexpose him it's like he comes in does his stuff and then quickly tags out and i just i don't know they do a really good job of making him like a like superhuman without making it ridiculous Mm -hmm. and um he i mean you know he's he's i guess compared to everybody else in the ring limited but i mean he looked great too the stuff you know, he's got his spots he does and they all look they were all crisp yeah he's always been one of my favorites he was he's an og when it comes to AEW. helped start the company i was immediately attracted to him because a walking dinosaur with a green ton as a wrestler he's an actual he's dinosaur cool exactly right and a yeah. champ so yeah. We'll look forward to see what else they got going in their matches ahead for Jurassic Express. So one of our stipulations was match placement. We all got a chance to pick where a match would land on on the card to gain a point. Um, Charlie actually thought the ladder match would be opening match, and it did not happen. I thought uh, John Moxley... And Danielson would be third match. That didn't happen. But Steve and Matt thought Mox and Danielson would be opening match, and that didn't happen. So just a quick little rundown. None of us gained an extra point on there. So that's okay. But we're on the third match Bullshit. right now on the actual card. <laughs> and that was the triple or the um six-man ladder match to grasp the brass ring. That was with, real quickly here, Wardlow, Keith Lee, Orange Cassidy, Powerhouse Hobbs, Ricky Starks, and Christian Cage. So, uh, we all thought, with Keith Lee coming into the company, freshly signed, he would be the perfect guy 
to put over in this match against all these people and grab the brass ring. We were all in agreement that Keith would win. But in the end, I mean, it does kind of make sense a little bit. Wardlow comes out of nowhere and uh, beats everybody getting the brass wing, and he ended up winning this match, which was great. I mean, I was excited for him. I'm glad we all lost and nobody gained a point on one another. If we all lose, I'm glad we all rode together on it. But, um, yeah, Charlie, what did you think? Do you think uh, AEW fucked up by not putting Keith Lee over and Wardlow, or what do you think? Um, I guess in the for the for the storytelling with him and MGF, it's a good thing. But I, well, we'll see what happens. But I just kind of kills Keith Lee's momentum. Like, where does he go now? Because he's not mm-hmm. gonna he's not gonna get the TNT belt anytime soon. Because um, I I hope that they give Wardlow unless MGF fucks him over and um, that's what I'm wondering. Make, and he makes Wardlow lose that match, which is a possibility, but. Right. It, it, there's a lot to be played out, so I guess we'll see. It's kind of like, yeah, there's there's a lot to be played out. We saw in the promo on Dynamite, too, with uh, Wardlow and MJF, when he slapped Wardlow across the face, he said, even if you win the TNT yep. belt, he wants the belt it. Yep. is still mine. So, yeah, <laughs> yep. there's, there's going to be uh, some drama coming up. And honestly, out of the whole night of Revolution, I mean, this was Wardlow's big coming out party. And we'll get to when he got involved with CM Punk and MGF's match. But, I mean, this was his Super Bowl. And I'm so happy for him. I've been a big fan since the beginning. So it's great to see that he won. And, I mean, he's been hot. I mean, he, is, he hasn't been losing. And there's going to be a lot of good stories ahead with him, too. Did you guys uh, want to add anything about this match? One quick thing about Keith Lee that I'd like your guys take on, because, you know, obviously we all picked him, but just kind of observing him when he got super sick before he signed and, you know, he looks like he's still kind of got some ring rust. He's working out. He was very limited in that match. Like, you know, he did Mm. some, you know, impressive things, but otherwise, you know, and I guess, I guess going through a table off of a, uh, off of the stage is kind of a big deal, but um I just wonder if they're easing him back in. Like he just, he's not, he hasn't, he's not in his full gear yet. And I wonder, you know, he's, he seems like he's going to feud with powerhouse Hobbs next and I'm sure beat him. So I just wonder if they're just kind of cooling it with him a little bit to let him kind of get back in the ring shape. Just a thought. Yeah, that that's a really good take. That may be the case. The other thing I was thinking, cause we, we were texting about this while we were watching the pay-per-view and, um, you know, Charlie brought up the really good point of, well, why wouldn't you put Keith Lee over being how hot he is with momentum coming into the company? And one thing I think we have to keep in mind as fans, because we're we're pretty hardcore when it comes to wrestling fans. I mean, obviously, we're sitting here talking on our own podcast, but um, Keith Lee, I think, is one of those names and faces that to a fan of AEW, more casual viewer, like somebody flipping through the channels or watching TBS once a week and that's it. Keith Lee may not be a household name. Obviously, he's incredible what he can do in the ring. But Steve, to your point, he's got a little bit of ring rust, it seems. He's still doing the moves he used to do in NXT. They just seem a little bit slower than he used to be. So I would not be shocked if AEW is just booking him in some, you know, kind of standard undercard matches just to build up his uh, ring charisma again. But I think once he gets to a certain point and he gets a couple of victories over some guys like Powerhouse Hobbs and the like, I think we're going to start to see him, you know, go after the TNT title. And with more. Wardlow, 
being the face of the revolution and kind of the guy in the spotlight right now, I think it makes sense. Give Wardlow the moment to kind of take things in, get the spotlight, because then that lines up Keith Lee to not get overshadowed by anyone else when it is his time. So I do, I got to believe there's a reason behind it. I mean, in three years, AEW hasn't really proven us wrong with the exception of Cody and Brandy. Obviously we always talk about that, but I think beyond that, um, I have no doubt that they're going to book him in a good way. You know, maybe it's not the way we thought it is, but I'm sure it'll come. Right. All good points. Yeah, they kind of slow burn people. It's like they got, you know, like Miro did that. I mean, granted, that video game thing was kind of crappy, but they slow burn him and then he then they flicked it on the switch and he went crazy. And I think yeah, uh, Adam true. Cole, they started off kind of slow. I don't know. It's weird. It's like they just and there's patience with it and i think yeah Mm -hmm. i agree interesting yeah he might just need to you know get in the shape uh, a little bit more i mean AEW is a very fast-paced company too i mean everybody just flies around in this company so coming from somewhere else he might just need to catch up it's kind of like hockey plus he was different speed or the nfl you know yeah, I think I think more to the point. Yeah, I think he, I mean he was really sick, and I think maybe that's part of it. And he was off for a while. True. Yeah, he'll get there. He will. Can't wait. He's he's too good but, not to. But hats off to Wardlow. Real pump for the Ward Dog. Um, we all did not gain a point there, so that that match was a wash. Um, but moving on to one that we were all in agreement over was the Jade Cargill match versus Ty Conti. <laughs> Um, this was for the TBS championship belt. Uh, we were all in agreement that Jade would win over Ty. Yeah, none of us were really excited about it. Uh, Jade kind of comes out in like a Mortal Kombat outfit, get the res- uh, the wrestling video game synergy going there, get people pumped up. It opened up with a kiss, which was kind of weird. Um, but then I guess I guess that's part of the Mortal Kombat character. That this is chick is imitating, oh, I guess. Oh, I didn't yeah, even so. I didn't even catch that at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I did. Oh, yeah, good so call. this is when I am at the drunk uncle now. <laughs> so I, I just I just saw Wardlow get get the ring. Like right when I walked in, I saw Wardlow at the top with the ring. And then I was like, Oh fuck, what the hell is going on? So yeah. So now I got learned up uh by some dude who's like, Oh, that's part of the Mortal Kombat character. So <laughs> oh, wow. but so but to open up the wrestling match with that was pretty confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, luckily, this only went on for six minutes and 50 seconds. Uh, we actually saw Ty Conti, you know, do a big spot. And she did like a somersault off the top ropes to the outside of the ring, hitting Jade's manager. And before she did that, she did like the I'm crazy thing. Oh, like I hated that. Amy likes oh, to do. Pissed me off. Fuck, did that make me mad? I'm like, fuck you guys like have your own fucking personality yeah right i know man this isn't the fucking lucy and desi arnez show here it's like when brie (laughs) bella used to do the yes chant it's like come up come up with your own fucking gimmick Mm -hmm. i know it's like we're so in love and we're such a great couple to me that just sounds that's just an even more of an indicator and how sucky this relationship is but anyway (laughs) we're not going to go into it but um yeah i mean we don't have to spend a lot of time on this um yeah, we all got a point. That's all I really want to say, which was nice. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, the best I can say about it is I had zero interest in the match. 
and mm-hmm. it actually was decent. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was going to say the same thing. I expected nothing, and it definitely over-delivered. Um, I, Mike, I really appreciate you sharing that trivia about the Mortal Kombat thing. I kind of was wondering if that was the gimmick, because she looked so familiar when she came out, and I'm a huge Mortal Kombat fan. It's been a few years since I've played it, so seeing that yeah. totally makes sense. Funny enough, the character's name in the game is Jade. So Yeah, that, yeah. I knew that. I heard, yeah. I heard that or was after that. Yep. But I didn't know anything mm-hmm. about So that just all totally all that. makes sense. Um, I thought Ty Conti looked really good offensively, like you said, Mike. But uh, yeah, when she, once she did the I'm crazy gesture to the camera, it totally lost me. I, I think if she wants to make a heel turn, she's totally cute. <laughs> Mm-hmm. she's ready it's for the hardcores obviously who follow her there's on instagram th- there's You'll three guys live, four but... guys here that want her that there'll be that'll be rooting against her <laughs> i mean i hey it's so true i mean i've said it once i said it a million times when you are open with the relationship in wrestling the fans will turn on you mm. for well, especially however, when you act just, like 12 year olds over it exactly yeah, yeah right. she's and she's and amped the same it up. way they yeah and the way he started dating to right home record. That's my only. That's my gripe. But when Becky uh, Lynch and Seth Rollins were like open and exclusive, people were like, "Oh, you used to be the man," and now they're like, "Fuck her," you know, like they ever had a chance or whatever. But you know, I I fell for it. Shit, I was the biggest Ty Conti person. Now, now I don't even barely watch her matches. Now she's just somebody <laughs> that you used to know. <laughs> yeah, totally. That could be our closing music. Anyway. Okay, so this next match was the match that I was most excited about. Probably everybody else, too, on the show and around the world. It was the CM Punk versus MJF dog collar match. Um, I mean, this was probably this could be one of my favorite matches, maybe of all time, at least in the last decade, I would say. Just because it kind of had everything, everything that I love. I mean, we saw MJF come out to, well, they first played CM Punk's music. Then MJF cut in, kind of like he did at All Out when he wrestled Chris Jericho. So he did that again. But he comes out in this Burberry long, like, coat cape thing. Like how, was it like Rick Rude or just some of like, uh, like Lex Luger came out in, like, way back in the day. Just just look good. He's always he always if you notice he'll always wear those robes those big robes I love it. for pay per views yeah yep yeah. and he's got the boots with the speedo I mean it's just it's just old school and then uh, CM Punk comes out in his old Ring of Honor gear and his old music and people in the bar yeah. that uh, shout out to the Drunk Uncle my favorite <laughs> bar it's a huge wrestling bar if you want to have a good time see a pay per view have cheap drinks have a great time. Visit the Drunk Uncle in West Dallas for everybody here in southeastern Wisconsin. But everybody in the bar popped for that hard. I didn't really know what was going on. Again, somebody coached me up. Be like, no, this was his old Ring of Honor shit. So, Charlie, what would you think of that? I, I That was cool. I didn't really recognize the music, but I knew once I saw the gear that it was the Ring of Honor mm-hmm. gear. Because I didn't, I didn't know his old Ring of Honor theme like uh, mm-hmm. many people did. But I just knew when I saw him in the gear, I'm like, oh, he's doing his Ring of Honor stuff. I thought it was cool yeah. Excalibur, i think edu- smartened us up on it too somebody did and that yeah. was that was helpful yeah it was I'm sure it was excalibur yeah. yeah for sure and that's one sure of those jr had no clue i didn't even yeah. catch what excalibur was saying honestly i i just saw him come out in different gear 
and with a different song. And then Justin Roberts introduced him as the second city saint, which I thought was really interesting. Yep. That's um, that's his old ring of honor thing. Yeah, which perfect, perfect night to reintroduce yeah. that gimmick, just with the magnitude of this match and everything. And also, um, Mike, I think you kind of touched on this, but MJF, you know, kind of doing his troll move where we hear cult of personality oh, play, but then it switches. That was great. That was like, great too. We've seen punk do that before actually at all out last year. Um, but now it was so cool to see him do that, but then immediately see punk come out with some totally different gimmick. And you could see the look on MJF's face, just looking like, what the hell is this? What are we seeing here? So a really cool way to start off the match. I, it, it just totally wound me up for this match. And I immediately regretted my pick with sticking with MJF uh, for this match after <laughs> after all of that buildup from the intro music. I was like, well, I'm probably going to lose this one, so I'm just going to, you know, have a drink, enjoy this one for what it is. And honestly, I fucking loved it. It just, it just had everything. It had all the old school... Um, stuff that you would see in a dog collar match or just old old school selling. MJF is an awesome, just a, a great guy in the business right now, current, that pays homage to the old stuff, how he sells, the way he sells, his timing, how slow he does it too. I mean, when he was getting ripped up, whipped out of the ring and then like, you know, trying to run away, but he forgets that he's got a dog collar on <laughs> yeah, and he's of like pretending to be hung outside of the ring. I just love it. Just they had so much like fun stuff in the first half of the match. This this match went on for twenty six minutes. I was like, it's kind of what you expected. It's going to be you know the classic dog collar stuff, but then you knew it was going to get bloody because of how much hatred. Both of these people have built up for one another. We saw uh, Punk get busted open. We saw MJF get busted open. But when they brought out the thumbtacks, the thumbtacks are always the thing that make me cringe, man. Mm. I mean... You can't fake it, that. <laughs> no. Exactly. And you can't... And it's just like even stepping on them has to hurt. I even get worried for the refs like when they do like the three count when he's pounding his hand down on it. It just it's just very uncomfortable. So it adds like this another element to the match. And um yeah, it was amazing. It was it was a really really fun match but also brutal, entertaining, well-paced, great story. Did you think um you know as long as this a build up was that this was like executed as a perfect capper or do you think it fell short or what did you guys think? I, think, I thought it was perfect. Yeah. But I, I, Matt, I feel you got to say something. Yeah. I, so I was going to say, I, I don't know. I don't, I, I genuinely don't know how I feel after this. It just, this match had such a different feel than everything else on the card last night. Like it felt so different, like not at all a wrestling match. Um, and I think part of it was, and Charlie actually texted this to, to us while we were watching this live was, I do feel that the match ran a little bit long for what it was like it, there were, it definitely had parts where it slowed down. Um, mm -hmm. But I think it may have slowed down just a little too much for a little too long. Now, granted, you know, the beginning, the opening sequence and the first few minutes of it were incredible because nobody knew what we were going to see. Um, they definitely did some flashbacks to the original dog collar match with Roddy Piper and Greg Valentine just the way that they kind of pulled towards each other in the very beginning of the match was almost yeah. exactly the same as that original dog collar match. So that was kind of cool to see. Um, I think the one spot that we all saw while watching this match live was when Punk uh, passed himself a blade and then poked himself in the forehead to draw blood. 
but and man did he hit the right spot because holy crap the guy's face was completely red for at least the first half of this match um it was a little concerning actually after a little while just because it didn't seem to be coagulating or clearing up so i think that kind of had me in a weird place but i think that was kind of the intent right like if they're really trying to go over the top with this sell the Mm -hmm. you know intensity of this feud but yeah the second half of the match um i think once mjf called for Wardlow, which Mike, I'll let you describe here in a second. I think that for me is when I knew the ending of the match was coming and I just loved the way it unfolded. Right. Yeah, it was, it was pretty slow and it was well-timed too. Um, but also one thing we can't forget too, they even had a microphone in the ring mid-match and they were talking back and forth <laughs> to one another, which was kind of fun too. When, uh, what did CM Punk say to Max, eat shit Max or something like that? <laughs> yeah. Very well done like that. But yeah, as Matt said, MJF was getting a little desperate towards the end and he wanted Wardlow to come out um, and assist him. He was looking for Wardlow to pass him the diamond ring uh, to sucker CM Punk. Wardlow comes down. He's checking his pockets. He's checking uh, his breast pocket, his inside pocket, his pants pocket. He can't find it. (laughs) He's like, I don't know where it is. And uh, so CM Punk, you know, with that time got a chance to recover gives them the put to sleep and uh into the thumbtacks which was great i mean i was like oh my god and max selling it too just loved his his, face he looked like he was like getting a lobotomy like laying (laughs) down there and like his arms just out and then war dog was like oh weird found the ring and he just puts it on the ring for it to be used for it not to be used but he's like whoops here you go, and walks off. It was perfect. It was very well done. It's not like, you know, an interaction with Max and um, Wardlow where it could be, like, really poorly done. It was, It was. I think it was well thought out and a great way to split off, in my opinion. Yeah, all those times we thought it was going to happen, thought it was going to happen, they finally did it, <laughs> and at the right time. Exactly. So the Wardog had two huge moments on a huge pay-per-view so he had to been partying. I can't wait to see where his story goes. Yeah, exactly. He might. He might. Um, like I think Charlie alluded to it earlier. He might be the next TNT champion, or he might get effed over by Spears slash um, MJF. And I mean, they could go multiple directions. I'm almost leaning towards he's going to get effed over. But I really like to see Sammy get lose the title, though. Mm-hmm. They're going to try. I think they're going to try, but Ward, I mean, for a long time now, Sean Spears has been the guy that has been pissing off Wardlow probably the most, even more than MJF. So I think they're going to have some kind of Spears Wardlow thing to get him warmed up and get him more babied and uh, more heat with him. And then we'll probably see MJF hopefully and Wardlow at all out, which hopefully we will be in attendance again. So, um, yeah, it'll all be good. in Vegas. No, oh, double or nothing. Uh, double or nothing's in Vegas. the next one. Yeah. Double or nothing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Be, if I don't, you think they'll go double or nothing? Yeah. Max yeah. and Wardlow. Yeah, it's kind of soon. That's sick. Well, it's May, yeah, it dude. could be. Yeah, I think it's in May, so it's only about two months away. 
but but yeah. I think with all the history building up between Wardlow and MJF, I, I think it, they're already set for a match. So the next two yep. matches are just going to be Wardlow officially breaking away, yep. and then they'll, them they'll feed him Spears first, and then yeah, right, yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I was thinking. I thought Spears would be at uh, double or nothing first, no, it's, and then that's a TV match, man. I wouldn't put I wouldn't put that on pay per view. <laughs> Want to make a bet? Yeah, oh boy. Sure, I'll take it. I'll make a bet. I think Charlie. Yeah, let's let's stay out of this one. <laughs> <laughs> sure. All right. I think I think we'll see MJF versus Wardlow at All Out. That's you think it's sooner? Double you saying double or nothing? Yep. All right. What's our wager? I don't know. What do you want to bet? What are you willing to lose? <laughs> <laughs> I put my firstborn son on the line. Oh my gosh, this got real. Uh, no, I will just say, uh, how about some? How about uh, I owe you some recreationals? Sounds good to me. We buy each other some recreationals because I hate I hate betting money with my friends. Yeah, but that's cool. I don't I don't mind treating them to fun. So okay, yep. so here we go. Good shit. All right. Well, I lost a point on this match. Uh, I picked MGF to win. The boys picked CM Punk to win. And uh, so I dropped one there, but that's okay because I really enjoyed it, and that's all right. I don't mind being the Spike Dudley of this show. <laughs> but um, we move on to Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, versus Thunder Rosa for the AEW Women's World Championship. So we <laughs> all thought Britt Baker's run was going to be coming to an end. It made total sense. Finally, we had Thunder Rosa facing off. Thunder Rosa comes out and looking like an Aztec warrior. I was like, oh, yeah. They gave her the budget for the costume, kind of like Lucha Bros had for when they beat the Young oh, yeah. Bucks at All Out last summer. So I was like, oh, yeah. They got her They got her real primed and ready to take over this title. Not the case. We saw Britt Baker win this match over Thunder Rosa. Total shock to us because we all picked Thunder Rosa to win um, we thought maybe um, yeah. Mar- uh, Mercedes yeah. Martinez would come in and help out. Nobody helps out Rosa. We Nobody saw helps a out lot anybody. If I'd have saw the match, if I'd have, known, if I'd have saw the results of the match on Wednesday, I definitely would have picked Brett because uh, uh, yes. Thunder Rosa got the clean pen. Yeah, so that was a right. case of well, te- uh, picking too early. Yeah, I texted the group there, and I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> Once uh, yeah. yeah, Thunder Rosa beat her on Wednesday night, it's like, ah, oh, that doesn't look good, but, you know, hopefully. Yeah. But uh, does this make any sense, though, to keep it on Britt Baker? Because, like, where does Britt Baker even go? There's nobody like, uh, now, where do you got, Steve? Now it does. Now it does. Yeah, now See, it I, does. I mean, well, I'll, yeah, if I can go through the emotional roller coaster for the fans, I uh, was so I, I was the angriest I've been in as a wrestling fan in a long time at that outcome. I was so upset that I couldn't focus on the first couple minutes of the Moxley match because I was just cussing about how stupid Britt Baker's title run is. All of that muted by the revelation later on that Layla Hirsch and Thunder Rosa are fighting this week for number one contention. And then the winner takes on Britt Baker in San Antonio, Texas on St. Patty's Day Massacre, whatever the hell it's called. And um, you got to think Thunder Rosa is going to freaking win it in her hometown. It's Mm -hmm. like if they, they, they have to. So 
kind of sucks they didn't go pull the trigger on a major pay-per-view but that'll be a huge moment if they do that yeah for her hometown i'm okay if they do it but my god end this title reign it's so freaking lazy i'm so tired of the same shit every time where these faces are so stupid that they fall for this where they got two people cheating left and right the referee's stupid the face is stupid it's just oh i am so down on this title reign that i want it over i think i'd take freaking um well, anybody but Brandy, but I, I, I take like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of some underlying at this point. Yeah, well, Layla Hirsch, I'd take at this point because she actually is something different. But yeah, mm-hmm. right. I agree. I Because Steve and I are the best friends, I felt the exact same way. Like, it's just I was so pissed off at the result of this match. And yes, after the fact, it all makes sense now. I think if AEW was going to half-ass book a match with Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa without building a ton of heat behind it and really weaving in the backstory um, and then working a match that I thought personally was the worst match on the card that night. You know, why not just put in somebody else in the meantime to challenge Britt Baker and then have Thunder Rosa go over at St. Patty's Day Smash or whatever they're calling it? I I feel like it would have done the pay-per-view a lot more favors because, quite frankly, after this match, I really had a sour taste in my mouth. And for the matches that were coming after this, that was not a good thing. So it just kind of deflated me. And we still had three matches to go, I think, after this. You know, what's interesting, too, is that, um, yeah, you bring up a good point there. It's like Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker was the match of the year last year. It was like one of the best matches. And between Friday's tag team match and the pay-per-view it's like those two it's like they lost all their chemistry it was weird like those neither of them right. were good matches and I don't know what's going on I mean they're they're both good wrestlers and especially Thunder Rosa I, it's weird but maybe they're saving it all in this St. Patty's Day surprise match will be like uh just off the charts I hope I don't know yeah the chemistry did seem off and it didn't look like anybody was working too hard to put any, either of them over, sell for one another. They're just kind of, I don't know. It seemed pretty disjointed. Mm-hmm. At least that's how I felt. Charlie, do you have anything uh, to add before we move on to? Uh, nope. <laughs> Nothing about this match for sure. <laughs> we're saving it all nothing. for the next we're saving it all for the next match for this, dude. yeah no it's <laughs> it was just there dude that the both women's matches were weren't the best in my opinion right okay well we're gonna move on to a big moment in the night it was between john moxley versus brian danielson just in a straight up wrestling match one fall singles match no title just for pride and also to see if these two would form a stable with one another. So we knew this was going to be a great wrestling match. We were actually split. Uh, no, actually, we all picked Moxley except for Matt. Oh. Um, so, right. So That's Matt dropped one. Uh, he picked Danielson to win. Um, but this was this was a great wrestling match. I mean, it was late in the show. Um, everybody's feeling kind of tired, so it's kind of seeing like how like how is this gonna go? But pretty much what happened was Brian Danielson gets disqualified. Was it because he was using a closed fist or something like that? Wait, no. what? No the the ending was like it was a little <laughs> bit confusing, and I don't think the crowd caught it. But okay, 
Let me let me tell you a little story. This is why I don't know what happened in this match. This is actually pretty good. <laughs> I'm in the drunk a, uncle. You're watching at a bar drinking. Well, listen. Well, this is why. <laughs> this so this guy probably walks in. I don't even know when he walked in. What match it was? But he looked exactly like John Moxley. Like walked like him, dressed like him. His hair was like him. All the mannerisms. And I and honestly started laughing. I was like, well, this guy must stroke it to Moxley. When Danielson Moxley comes on, he's probably going to go fucking ape shit. And I'm standing next to him during the match. And he's like, man, I hate Moxley. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, and he looks what are you like talking that? about? I'm like, bro, yeah, he was wearing a leather jacket. And he even had the leather jacket that had one of those built-in belts at the bottom. So it was like old school. It looked worn out. Like he looked just like him. In and West I was like, Dallas. Why? Dude. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, why? And he's like, ah, you can't go to rehab and be a badass. And I'm like, well, oh, that's a shit. I mean, he's take. got, yeah. he's got a wife and kids, and I mean, mental health is like a big deal right now, so you can't really blame him. And I mean, if he wants to get his life on track, he's like, well, still, you can't be a badass and go to rehab. I'm like, whatever, dude. So I was like, literally, kind of like going back and forth with this guy that I really didn't want to even talk to in the first place because I wanted to watch this. So I kind of missed it. So what happened at the end of this match? Sorry. Yeah. So Moxley kind of rolled. They had like a little bit of a scuffle in the ring, um, just kind of trying to out wrestle each other. And Moxley ended up rolling up Danielson almost where his shoulders were straight down on the mat and his neck was sort of contorted. So it was yeah. a really hard position to kick out of almost like a roll up basically. And it was such a weird position um, I think a lot of fans thought it was just a transition to the next move sequence, but it ended up being the finish and the ref right. counted to three rang the bell. And I don't think the fans realized that was the finish to the match. Um, because no. Danielson immediately popped up kind of threw the ref a look like, Hey, what, what the hell what's, what just happened? And the crowd exactly. slowly started to come up realizing, Oh my God, Moxley just won. So if they yeah. were going for a surprise ending, they totally nailed it. Um, but it was a little confusing. That dude actually, when I was talking with him, he was like, wait, what just happened? Mm-hmm. And I heard Moxley's music and I was like, see, there you go. You fucking Moxley <laughs> hater. Your boy lost. He actually was a big Brian Danielson fan too. So I was kind of happy. So I didn't really know, but so thanks for running that down for us, Matt, because the really, really big payoff happened right after this. So whatever Steve was feeling after that Thunder Ro- Rosa match, it's all forgiven. totally redeeming. <laughs> exactly. So there's a huge brawl in the match. They had to get, or after the match, they had to get a bunch of reps down there to sort it out. And um, this, I was actually really happy to be in a public space for, because once uh, William Regal or Steven Regal, whatever you want to call him. Is he William right now? He's William, William still. Regal. Surprised William. me a little. Yes. So William Regal comes walking down, the, not even on the ramp, off the side. And the whole bar, once like the he came on the screen, the, everybody just went berserk. I oh, did. I bet. Everybody. Yeah, oh, yeah. It was so Probably fun. Have. I was like, holy shit, holy shit, this was amazing. And the whole crowd popped once uh, they showed his face because he didn't have any music. And he, like I said, he was off to the side of the ramp. And he gets in there, and he's you know slapping uh, Moxley around. He puts William Regal puts blood on uh, Moxley's blood on his own face, and slaps Danielson around. This is great. Makes him shake hands like the authority figure. Just a great way to debut something as special as that at the perfect moment in a very confusing match where a lot of people would be pissed off 
and it all is forgiven, like you said. So, yeah. What was your reaction, Steve? Were you? Uh, oh, I was. Did you jump out of your seat? I yelled something out loud. I, know, I was pretty excited <laughs> because, it, yeah, I mean, it's perfect. It, like that is, and for what you know, what I, it, it's twenty twenty two. And there's something just deeply satisfying for me that like Lord Stephen Regal was the minute he debuted in WCW to, to today is one of my all time favorites. And to see the reaction a guy like that gets in 2022 just says what he's done for the industry, which is so cool. I mean, he made NXT, he helped make NXT cool before they trashed it. Um, brilliant mind. So yeah, it's, I mean, what a no brainer for AEW one. He's now managing like the coolest faction that there is because like he's going to have these two badasses Two, uh, you know, if they're smart, he's going to be doing something behind the scenes. Who knows? Maybe he'll help with Ring of Honor. Maybe he'll help with AEW, but he's just an asset. So that's great. Mm -hmm. And I'm happy for him. I mean, he's he's going to be appreciated. I think Khan said at the press conference that he's going to help um, on camera and off camera. Perfect. Oh. That'd be awesome. There's few I, I was better. Really, I was really happy to see him because I think when he made Moxley and Danielson shake hands, I think Regal was the missing element in this idea of Moxley and Danielson maybe teaming up to mentor some of the younger guys. Like he, we just needed like some additional connecting person between those two. So I think it's the perfect on-screen role for him, at least for right now. I'm sure they'll have other things for him too. But what a great way to debut! Totally. Yeah, good point there. Like Danielson and Moxley were supposed to be the elder statement, elder statesman, and William just comes in. He's like, no, no, no. Pump the brakes, boys. But yeah, super fun. We, I mean, there's so much good stories that came from this um, pay-per-view just from these first eight matches going forward. That makes me really excited to tune in on Dynamite and Rampage this coming week. So, uh, so... Everybody gained a point there except for Matt. And then moving on, we went to Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara, and Sting versus Andrade, the Hardy family office of Matt Hardy and Isaiah Cassidy going in a six-man tornado tag team match, which we all kind of thought was going to be kind of, I don't know, what we were, we didn't know what really what to think. We weren't like crazy excited about it. But when you kind of look closer at the participants in it, why wouldn't this be awesome? I mean, Darby's amazing. Sammy Guevara goes nuts. Sting, you know, he he hasn't disappointed us since his inception into AEW. Matt Hardy, for one, not moving so well, so maybe that's why. But Andrade, he's looking better than ever. His mm -hmm. body, is, he looks huge. He looks in great shape. Uh, and Isaiah Cassidy. There, but there was so many spots in here that was crazy. Never would I have thought that Sting would fly <laughs> off of... Um, uh, yeah, entry no ramp, an entry ramp through two tables at his age on a huge pay-per-view second to latch match i mean that's just great we saw a huge spot between isaiah cassidy and sammy guevara off of a platform nuts too. Through, oh my through god tables that very reckless very dangerous he uh it looked like isaiah barely hit the table i mean he could have broken his lower I back thought he i thought his he head. yeah Oh. Yeah, his head. I thought he but might yeah, have shattered. Nothing. There's nothing shattered his him. heels. Yeah, his uh, his feet just slammed on that on that ramp so hard that had to hurt. I mean, they were up at least maybe ten feet, maybe. So, yeah. Um, and I mean, I we could go on for many more spots too, 
But what ended up happening was we all thought the team of Sting, Darby Allen, and Sammy would end up winning, so we all gained a point. But we had some stipulations in there, too. We thought, uh, we said who on that team would pin who on the losing team. We all thought Isaiah Cassidy was going to be pinned. That did not happen, so we did no, not. No, he just practically died. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was dead. I thought Darby would do something like that and be off screen somewhere, because Darby Allen ended up pinning um, Matt Hardy in the middle of the ring for that team to win. Steve and I picked Sammy, the champ, TNT champ, to make the pin on Cassidy, so we did not gain a point there. But Matt said Darby would pin. So he gained a point. And also, Steve, in a legendary fashion, uses his kick out right before Charlie says Triple H on the show and changes his guy. I can't, I can't, I scribbled out who he initially picked, but he kicked out and he wanted Darby to get the pin to gain an extra point. And he was successful in using that. So effectively using his kick out and in great selling fashion, too. So the boys ended up gaining two points, Matt and Steve, in this match, and me and Charlie only picked up a point. So, anybody have uh, any quick notes about this one, real quick, before we move on? That spot where Sting jumped off the balcony through the four tables is going to be etched in my brain forever. I love big table spots like that. It reminds me of the TLC match where Bubba Ray Dudley was that on the ladder in the middle of the ring, ladder gets tipped, he crashes to the outside through four tables. Just immediately thought of that. Yep. Yeah, and it looked like, uh, you know, you don't you don't want to see a guy his age get hurt, but it is a dangerous spot, but it looked like it was done properly, and it looked like they're going to walk away pretty well. Yeah, I feel like, like it's hard for... Yeah, I'm not a stuntman, so I'm not speaking like an expert here but i feel like as dangerous as it was it was probably because you know essentially he just kind of belly flopped on him and i you know he's probably all padded up so i think um if you're gonna have a big crazy spot for a 60 some year old it was like they probably had that one just so that he, he there wasn't too much he could do to himself well and it was smart too because the butcher and the blade came out to um you know, help out a little bit, but I think those were the guys that like set up those tables too. Yeah, so they, they were, were nice involved. And they were all there. Yeah, yeah, like they were arranged perfectly, so you're not having any of the participants that were actually in the match set them up, wasting time. But they had guys that would make sense to be out there to set them up like that to make sure it went smoothly. I, I mean, that's just good logistics right there. So hats off on that. Um, but yeah, awesome. That was that was an unexpected great surprise. You thought it might be a come down match before the main event. It kind of got people hyped back up. So let's move on to the main event between Adam Cole and Adam Hangman Page for the World Championship. So um, Charlie, Steve, and Matt picked Adam Page, but Charlie used his kickout and he picked Adam Cole. When I picked Adam Cole also, I really thought Adam Page was going to drop it to Adam Cole. It would be the perfect time with the summer coming up and all these big shows picked. 
made a lot of sense, but Adam Cole needed a match like this. Uh, so Steve and Matt stuck with their guns, no pun intended, for the old Hangman Cowboy. And um, they picked Adam Page, both gaining a point. Um, and like I said, Adam Page needed this match. He never. I, I there's 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 nothing you can really hate on the guy for, but there's nothing to really love about him. I think we talked about it a little bit in our text thread, but this match was great. And Adam Cole did an amazing job selling for him, but they also just worked really really well together too. Um, it never really lagged. It, it stayed interesting after a very long three and a half four hour pay per view. My attention was there, and it wasn't just for the picks. Like I was, I was in it. I thought this was Adam Page's best match to date. But um, that's my opinion. What did you guys think? I think after three and a half hours, I really didn't care a ton about this match, which is really unfortunate. Um, just because it is the AEW World Championship, we only see it defended every once in a great while, so it's kind of a special event. But I could not tell you much of what happened in this match, I think, mostly because I was at the point where I was just mentally just exhausted after watching the rest of the pay-per-view. Also, you know, this match was really well worked, kind of like you said, Mike, but I I think there were other matches on this card that were worked just as well, if not better. So what does that say about the championship title, right? And especially the guy holding it. And I feel like Charlie and I kind of rip on Hangman Page more than others do, but I mean... You know, to, to me at least, this is just another example of why we say things like that. Um, I, to your point, yeah, it was a great match. I think had I not watched the three and a half hours of wrestling that came before it, I would have really got and been in Las Vegas. Exactly. Yeah, it was kind of hard <laughs> coming back from Las Vegas twenty four hours earlier. Not even um, just you know physically also being exhausted. Um, it, yeah, just one of those matches. It, I was really happy with the result. I don't think Adam Cole is quite there yet and is being ready to be world champion. Um, And at the same time, I don't know if Hangman Page is the guy for him to take the belt off of. I think there's somebody else. I don't know who it is yet, but I think we're just going to have to wait a little bit longer to find out. Great. Good points, good points. Yeah, I think... um... I don't know. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not with you on. Uh, I, I, I'm. It's really hard for me to criticize Hangman. I mean, I think the best story told was his chase. So I think he was a better chaser than a champion. However, every title match he's had now has been outstanding. I mean, and and not like he was the one that was, you know, hanging on the coattails of a of a of a superstar. Like he, he's he's held his own in all these matches well. And so I mean it's at some point I just gotta give the give the credit where it's due that he is he's putting on amazing matches every time he defends that title. And I think uh that that's something to be said. Um I think at the end of the day I'm not crazy about the millennial cowboy thing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that that's maybe part of like why I you know I was even kind of secretly rooting for uh uh adam cole baby but um no i think yeah i think he's they're committed to him and he's he's certainly doing his part so i guess yeah and i you know i was i was getting a little fatigued too but i did think it was just a fundamentally just really good match beginning to end with lots of near falls lots of moments where i legit thought uh adam cole was gonna win which Mm -hmm. is cool and then uh yeah so uh, i i mean the, the dark order thing's kind of getting old but that was minor but um no i yeah i think it was a really good match and i'm uh, i'm curious to see where they go with this and i think um it's uh, who knows? probably 
it's probably going to be Punk. Do you guys remember Punk was on the um, when he was on mm-hmm. the ropes, he was doing the belt thing. So I think they're going with Punk and maybe Page down the road. That would be amazing. And I don't know when Kenny's coming back, but uh, I don't know. For those of you that missed the uh, pre-show, Don Callis made his return, which was pretty great. They they nice. played they played Kenny Omega's music and then Don Callis came out and, and, and kind of put down Adam Cole, which was funny, just saying he'll make a great transitional champion. And he was like just, you know, backhanded compliments and just essentially saying he's going to, you know, hold the spot for Kenny to come back. Right. Yeah. You make a really good point, Charlie. I would love to see Punk hold the belt for a little bit. That'd be a great match between him and Paige. Oh, and for then sure. That could ultimately lead to when Kenny Omega comes back, him and CM Punk. Oh, my God. Like, just imagining like some of the title matches they could have with these guys. Um, yeah. It just every, so every many match avenues. against Punk would be like the match. Yeah. If Adam Cole didn't take it, I can see. Adam Page hanging on to us for a little longer. And yeah, Charlie, you brought up Punk signaling the the belt after his. Yeah, I'm here for it. But man, I don't know why you were so tired. I actually just bought a new washing machine, loaded the new one down, loaded the other one back up the stairs, worked a hockey game, stood on, and the drunk uncle doesn't have seats, stood on my feet <laughs> and watched the whole pay-per-view. And I was still engaged for that match. So wow. I, I don't know what you're crying about, bro. You're a better buddy. fan. Yeah, yeah. that could be. I mean, it could also be like I spent a week on my feet. But, you know, I mean, my tragedy is not better than yours. <laughs> All right. No biggie. All good. But, um, Charlie, did you have any notes on this one? Uh, nope. It was a decent match. But, he yeah, said, like Matt said, it did, you know, it's a long show. And it, it's kind of when you kind of know how it's going to go, it kind of takes the focus of way of watching the match so i knew it was going to go how it was going to go after after i was watching it, i'm like god this is going to go pages way so it's it takes the amazement or the focus away from it you know because you're not sitting on the edge wondering who's going to win it's kind of kind of predictable right and i hate yeah. predictability on shows that's why the show to me was very good. It wasn't excellent. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it was a very good show, but it wasn't great. So, yeah, we didn't, it was we didn't see- no title changes, nothing. Just a good wrestling, good wrestling show overall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that's yeah, my that's take kinda, on it. That's kind of like the hardship of when you do watch as much wrestling as you, Charlie, and us. And yeah, you kind of see the writing on the wall for a little bit and the only little glimmer of hope that adam cole might win it was when he was near the ropes and after i think he took a buckshot lariat or something like that and he just got like the back of his hand yeah. to touch the ropes like that at moment the, that i wanted five count i yep. that's when i was like yes like i i felt like a kid again so that was it but you know once you saw it go down, you it, yeah, Adam Cole was not going to do this. So I dropped a point. Sorry, Charlie, to have you use your kick out on that one for you uh, dropping yeah, the point. Got, I kind of got, I mean, I thought they would do, I thought, I they'd least, I thought well, yeah, kind of, but I thought they'd have one, at least one title change. And that, you yeah, know, exactly. I just took, I just took a, took a, you know, you gotta, you gotta do something. Everybody gets the same picks. Y'all tie. So I just took a, a launch yeah. on that one. 
So it's like it's kind of boring for everybody. To little do you guys picks. know? Yeah, little do you guys know? I'm actually the mole on this show. I actually try to sabotage. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not going for the wins. I just tried to get you guys to flip. Well, the just side because... bets are the side bets are what makes it because everybody has yeah. the same pick, so it's kind of boring. Hmm. So it's like the side, the side thing, like who's going to get the pen, who's doing the job, are the are the ones that make the differences. Pretty much everybody's got the same pick, so it's like right. This is a game everybody can play at home too. If you're a fan of keep the kayfabe, if you got fun stipulations or fun rules that you think you want us to work in, you can write to us at keep the kayfabe four one four at gmail dot com or shoot us a note on Facebook at keep the kayfabe or on Instagram also at keep the kayfabe. We'd love to hear from you. And because of those stipulations, we have a winner. Oh. There was no tie. So there is a clear-cut winner. And dun, we dun, will dun. find out the winner after Season. promo of the week. Oh. And we got a promo here from Bob Henning from Greenfield, Wisconsin. No message. Just signed his name and said, play this. It's from 1991, The Legion of Doom. After their battle in in um, Great Britain for the UK Battle Royale. So turn down your radio, because there's probably going to be a lot of screaming, knowing it's the <laughs> Legion of Doom. Here we go. Team Federation Tag Team Champions, they are Hawk and Animal, the Legion of Doom. I'm certain you heard the comments earlier on from the men that are going to be challenging you tonight for these titles. Power and glory, Paul Roma. And the mighty Hercules animal. That's right, Gene. Hulk and I are back there watching the monitor. And we could not help over here and you two little geeks. You tell us we don't deserve to be champions. You tell us you're going to show us where the power and who is the glory. How do you think we got to be world champions? By beating nobodies. We've beaten the best that the World Wrestling Federation has to offer. And we're going to be champions for a long, long time. Right, Hawk? What about it, Hawk? Swelling? of the fluid sack surrounding the brain, contusions, inner bleeding. These are the things that our dreams are made of, power and glory, and you'll soon be renamed Sour and Glory, because when we get done with you, your mother won't accept the looks that you have been thrown about the ring from one end to the other. Right here in London. You know, gentlemen, aside from your title defense, I don't know if I, with the magnitude of this title defense, I don't know if I should touch on it, but it's conceivable the two of you are going to be involved in the gigantic battle royal at the end of the night. Now, I tried to ask a couple of people earlier on what would happen, say, for instance, if Hawk and Animal, if you were to be the final two men in the ring at the end of the battle royal, how would how would things There's shake just up? Just one way to sum that up, Mean Gene. You see, Gene, Hawk and I, ever since we were little punk kids in Chicago, we've been against the odds all our life. And we've proven, just the way a lot of people out there have proven, that you can be something. And now, we're the WWF World Tag Team Champions. And after we beat you, Power and Glory, we're coming after that battle royal. Because there's nothing better than the Legion of Doom Lights is a good gang fight. Right, Hawk? Thank you very much, gentlemen. They are the Legion of Doom, Animal and Hawk. Their title defense tonight is against Power and Glory. And it all happens here at Royal Albert Hall. Speaking of that, let's get back outside to my close friends and colleagues. 
The weasel and you, Gorilla Monsoon. Well, get the Tylenol. We told you there was going to be a lot of screaming in that promo, but um, you know, they—that's the way you, they did it back in the day. I don't—I don't think uh, many people uh, were quiet promos back in the day. Maybe Jake the Snake. But these guys certainly were louder than the motorcycles than they rode in on. <laughs> I That's had to pull my headphones out there like when I first started listening to it. Yeah, talk about turning things up to an 11 continually. Big time. Cool. Well, thank you, Bob, for submitting a promo of the week for us this week. Thanks for listening and thanks for the support. Shoot us your promos at Keep the Kayfabe at Instagram or Facebook. So... Let's get to the moment we've all been waiting for. It is the results for our predictions. And I came in last at 6-7. and seven. Not a very good showing to have a losing record when you have a wrestling podcast. But, you know, you got to make it fun. You got to get a little controversy. And you got to keep it interesting. Charlie was second to last with a 7-7 seven and seven record. So that leaves the best friends. Current champion... Matt Michelson and never crowned champion Steve Gropschman. And new keep the kayfabe oh. king <laughs> Steve Gropschmidt comes in with a record of nine and five over Matt Michelson of eight and five. So that kick out that he used at the very last second was like putting his hand on the ropes, breaking the count. Using his kickout effectively got him the championship. Wow, Steve. What an effective way to win. Do you have any thoughts on what's going through your mind, buddy? I'm better than you, and you know it. <laughs> Very true. For this one. For this one, that's for sure. Yeah, so at, least, congratulations. at least I got one on my under my belt now, finally. Exactly. Just like Chris you Jericho, can... Steve, I will not shake your hand. Nice. Ooh. I will say Charlie's words stung those many months ago, and I try to think. I, I try to do my picks more with my head than my heart. Right. Yeah, he cuts to the core. That's for sure. But um, yeah, congratulations, Steve. This was a fun prediction show. I always love the pay per views just because we run them down. It was great talking with you boys. And uh, thank you all for listening. Again, shoot us a note on all of our social medias and hit that subscribe button. And this week, go forth by keeping it Triple H. Stay humble, stay hungry, and stay hard. Triple H. Woo! It's good to be king Just for a while To be there in velvet Yeah, to give them a smile Get high and never come down. It's good to be king.